1: Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month, featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, oh,
2: Christina Perry,
1: at the Kings Theater in Brooklyn, New York, on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices with Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies, presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at KingsTheater.com.
3: No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filippone.
0: Well, the next thing I wanted to bring up was the reaction to the Lions reaction. So you just brought up you taking stock of how the Super Bowl has been framed. Yeah. More than a week out. We talked about the way the Lions lost as soon as that game went final. We taped that podcast. And I've heard probably more than I care to hear on the way the analysis of that game, what happened, what went wrong, et cetera. The thing that I cannot believe, well, I can believe it. It's interesting. People keep blaming. Analytics for this, okay? People keep bringing bringing up analytics and saying analytics have fried Dan Campbell's brain. It's the it's the strict numbers that cost the Lions to have these follies and mistakes in in the second half. Such an intellectually dishonest thing to say, because the dude kicked a field goal fourth and goal, fourth and three, fourth fourth down from the three yard line. At the end of the half, the analytics say to go for it there. The analytics he's say also, in that he's, he's not also, an analytics guy. Uh, thank no. you. That I don't know if that's what you're gonna say, but it's spin's st- he's not an analytics person. But there's this war against analytics, for whatever reason, it it, it, it is entertaining because people get so hot and bothered over it. But it's just funny that they're trying to make Dan Campbell the face of this constant battle against numbers being integrated into sports and decisions that get made in games right he's more like meathead than numbers wonk he is
3: aggression that's what he is he's the former player who does the whole thing based on aggression now I agree with you that was not the most aggressive decision on the field goal at the end of the half but that's why they go for go for it on fourth down many more than any other team in the league the last two years by far. It's not because of numbers it's because of aggression, but the organization allows him to do it because the numbers do support it. So they actually go hand in hand, but he's made it part of like the identity of the team. We're this opens up our play calling on third down. We're going to be tough. We're going to take it to you. Our offense is our strength, all of that stuff. So, I agree with you. Can I give you the thing that bothers me the most? Or do you want to respond to that first?
0: I was just going to say back to that. It's clearly not just a numbers thing. Because he would have gone for it at the end of the half. Yep. He would have gone for it on fourth and two. And then he would have gone for it on the fourth and three. In the fourth quarter down three. If he just said to the whoever he's got upstairs. What do the numbers say here? Win probability. It says go for it. It would have been consistent in all three cases. It wasn't. Which gets back to something that I also think you've started to hear more of since Sunday night. I do think the kicker thing is a big deal. Of course it is. And, and the whole idea, people have brought up Badgley numbers from years past. It's bad. It's Badgley with him. It's Badgley with Campbell. I get it. He made a 50-plus yard field goal indoors. He, there, there's no... He has not built up equity with Campbell to put him in those situations. People keep saying, you know, there's human error, there's execution, people make mistakes, et cetera, when they bring up, you know, the pitfalls of going for it on those fourth and shorts. And they don't really seem to want to bring up the fact that a dude knowing that so much is on the line might miss a field goal that's between 45 and 50 yards, man. Of which he is eight of 16 Yep, outdoors.
3: Outdoors, yeah. Okay, that, I got to say, you and I have been in this business a long time and I'll be a little arrogant here. You and I are in the 98th percentile of this business. We are very good at what we do. And we also can do this thing solo, which not a ton of people can do. So we're good at this.
0: Nick Costos, did you see his rant on this? I saw it went viral. I only watched a little bit of it. I did not watch the whole thing. Did he make the point that we just made? He, So he missed Monday. He missed the, the show after
3: Championship Sunday. He had a family situation. And that was Tuesday. And it still cut through in that way because it was so good. You should watch it, man, as like a fan of the industry. It was six and a half minutes extemporaneous on the idiocy of the take the points crowd as if the points are just there on a table. Like you pick up your keys before you walk out the door. Like you can just, hello points, let me take them and then put them on the scoreboard. He can miss and he has missed before. So Costos, I thought was brilliant on it And that was what was so frustrating to me. In the analysis,
0: was treating it as if they were automatic. Because there was only one take the point situation, and he took them when it was a chip shot. It was correct. It was a take the point situation there, and he took the three. Look,
3: this is a very simple thing. What percent chance does Reynolds? catch that ball that
0: he dropped. Give me an estimated number. I think it's got to be probably around like 90% would be my number. Right? At least. Yeah. Perfect throw wide open.
3: Not going over the middle into a defender. I mean, yeah. he's an NFL wide receiver. He, he, he has to catch that ball at least nine out of 10 times. Right? Yep. The guy doesn't make the kick nine out of 10 times. In fact, he makes it 5 out of 10. So objectively, in that one, they made the right decision. The player just messed up. So putting it on Campbell is so stupid when that, that is judging results over process. And that's what bothered me about the conversation. We said it after we we came on the second it ended, so we did not look up all the Badgley numbers. You know what I mean? With that, that's how we do the podcast. Just is what it is. We didn't have all of the data uh, behind it, and so people, have, a lot of people, have done a good job on it with more time to process the whole thing. But we said that right away. Mm-hmm. That those are not guaranteed makes, and they've had a kicker situation with injury. He's their second kicker this year. It was it was just. It was very, very frustrating. And side note, by the way, back to Brady for a second. If I was his agent or someone that he was listening to about broadcasting, I would tell him, if you want to game the system on how you will be reviewed on Twitter, be very good at explaining analytics because that's where the analytic community lives. It's those of us who are on Twitter. And so like Greg Olson coming out and doing what he did and talking about it and making this exact point that the kicker could miss the kick and let's treat it like modern football. It's one of the many reasons he gets a ton of love. Whereas Aikman, who's I think great. One of the only criticisms you can have on him is like, he's like, well, I'm a little old school here, Joe. I don't want to put points on the board. I wouldn't want my team feeling empty after a drive and all the things that they've done. So let's put points on the
0: board. I'm getting a little worried about uh, Brady in that role because I was listening to his on Monday. I was listening to his show on with Jim Gray because I wanted to hear what he was going to say about this. And he's still so stiff. They're still uh, falling back. They're still falling back on.
1: about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts.
0: A little bit of the guardedness of when he played in was in the New England system and didn't want to completely speak his mind. And if that's how he's going to go about this broadcasting thing, it's not going to go well. And especially now that he's replacing somebody who's pretty close to universally revered for the job he he did. One other thing about that situation that I've heard come up, one of the major critiques of Campbell that I've heard in the, in the lines decisions, I've heard this. I actually heard Carrington Harrison say this on his, he was doing his show. On satellite, and Carrington said, "What are you doing throwing the ball to Josh Reynolds in that situation?" He goes, "You're asking a role player to do what a starting player does." And I, I, I don't, I, I almost texted him, but I didn't. I wanted to say, Carrington, did you go on your show Monday and say, "Hey, it worked," but what an idiotic decision for Patrick Mahomes to throw to MVS with the game on the line? It's the same exact thing. And that conversion to MVS downfield is a much more low low percentage play, of course. And what Reynolds is, and so Reynolds has been good, but
3: the, Reynolds the, has had
0: a nice. Se- I mean, what Reynolds has had a nice season. Oh, but I just thought it was. I I just thought just the because t- the I just thought the timing of it was strange, because here is right now the greatest quarterback in the game who trusts like Jordan did to dish the ball to Paxson or Kerr to win the game, and it yeah. worked for him, and he gets credit for it. Whereas I've heard, and and Carrington was not the only person who did this. I'm hearing people bring up, he's got to throw to Amon Ross, Saint Brown. You've got to run the ball with Montgomery there. You've got Laporta. I get it. He's not option one, but he's wide open and he's an NFL freaking receiver, man. Come on. (laughs) That is that is, yeah. I just yeah. Listen, I mean, if it's a bomb to him, or if it's a contested
3: play or something like that, a hundred percent. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, 100%. The Bears had a situation with, uh, in the last game of the year, DJ Moore's coming across, Fields throws a deep ball to Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott has had drop issues. He's a fourth-round rookie, hits him in the hands, drops it. And it's like, well, okay, it was a good throw. He is an NFL player. He is on the field, but – you have your A guy on fourth down who's also open for a first down, live to fight another day. That's at least more of a debate. This guy has been good this year. He's on the field all the time. He's been more trustworthy than Jameson Williams. He has been their second most trustworthy wide receiver this year. Yes, third in the pass-catching game behind Laporta, fourth if you want to count Gibbs, but he's been good. So I, I, I don't agree with this.
2: in vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead.